The Washington Nationals are getting ready for their doubleheader against the Pittsburgh Pirates, so we have to talk about Patrick Corbin, who will be starting in Game 1 for your Washington Nationals. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and if you haven't tuned in before, thank you for making us your first listen here on Locked On Nationals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. And today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price, always guaranteed. And here's today's gist as we got a doubleheader here in the nation's capital with the Pittsburgh Pirates, the red-hot Pittsburgh Pirates, I must add, against your Washington Nationals, who almost got the sweep but fell a little short in a crushing defeat on Thursday night in Queens, New York. But here's my thing we got to talk about Patrick Corbin we haven't really talked about him because we know why we don't really put too much value into Patrick Corbin when he starts at this point it's just kind of like why what is the point of it and you're right it is true but here's the thing he's starting and he's going to be your starting pitcher for probably a while now if we're being honest he's at least got another year on that contract he could be here through all the way of 2024, but that's a conversation for a different day. But since we have Patrick Corbin on now, and he's going to be pitching every five days for what it looks like, we have to talk about what makes it a successful start for Patrick Corbin. And when I'm talking success with Patrick Corbin, it's not coming in like a 3-2 ERA. It's not coming in and punching out 12 hitters through five innings. That Patrick Corbin has come and gone. We understand that. We know that. We've seen it before and time and time again since 2020. He has not been right. Ever since that 2019 season, something hasn't clicked with him. It's not an injury. He hasn't been injured. In fact, that's something you cannot knock him for whatsoever. This guy has been healthy. He goes out there every five days. And really, there's nothing to be concerned about as an injury. But it's simple as this, that he has not been good enough. And we know that. I don't have to sit here and tell you that. We know Patrick Corbin has not been good enough. But with that being said, Patrick Corbin has had some success when it comes to Riley Adams catching. And you're going to see that today against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And here's my thing. Back in 2022, I talked about this a little bit in the offseason. If you remember 2019, Kurt Suzuki was really our main catcher. He was the guy with Jan Gomes coming in to catch Patrick Corbin. It was just more of a comfort thing there. You understand that to where a pitcher needs to be comfortable. They need to feel comfortable when they are pitching, obviously. So now we fast forward to 2022, just last year. Jan Gomes was his primary catcher in 2019. Looking back on it last year, Riley Adams, when he was behind the plate, 
for Patrick Corbin, that is when you saw Corbin's best stuff. Now, what is the explanation there? What makes it different for Kiber Ruiz, who is inexplicably a much better catcher behind the plate, at the plate, in every facet of the game? Honestly, I don't know, but here are the numbers. With Kiber Ruiz behind the plate in 2022, Patrick Corbin had an 8 ERA. With Riley Adams behind the dish, he had a 4-2-3 ERA. He gave up 11 home runs compared to 12 home runs with Kiber Ruiz in a lot more innings. He pitched 72 innings with Riley Adams behind the plate last year. 60.2 with Kiber behind the plate last year. And with Kiber, he gave up even more home runs with less innings pitched. He had more at-bats with Riley Adams in those 72 innings behind the plate. A 4-2-3 ERA. And if you're telling me that if we could get a 4-2 ERA out of Patrick Corbin, I would be thrilled. And what would it mean for this Nationals team that obviously struggles in getting runs? Well, it does mean a lot. In this situation, Davey Martinez will have to play this matchup game. And he's got to think back to 2019 when you had Jan Gomes as Patrick Corbin's primary catcher. You knew every five days that Jan Gomes and Corbin would be that battery. But now looking at it, they want to have Kiber Ruiz obviously develop. And really with someone like Patrick Corbin, you would like to make that work. And really there's no problem with Kiber Ruiz going back there. He's our primary focus over Patrick Corbin. But if you want to win games and if you want to stay competitive, then you probably should have Riley Adams behind the plate for every Patrick Corbin start because simple as this, he has been way more successful. And when looking at the numbers, a little further deep dive into this, batters only hit 260, only hit 260, it's just crazy to say, only hit 260 against Patrick Corbin with Adams behind the dish last year. Kibet Ruiz had a 362 batting average. Riley Adams, a 755 OPS when catching Corbin. Kibet Ruiz, a 959 OPS when catching Corbin. If you're starting to see what's going on here, there is something just not clicking with Kibet Ruiz and Patrick Corbin. Something is clicking when it comes to Riley Adams and Patrick Corbin. So I see this today. Davey is recognizing that something is off between the connection of Kibar Ruiz and Patrick Corbin. No one really knows, and honestly, no one can probably say from just spectating, what is that issue? How can we cross these two bridges and mend them together? And honestly, I don't really think there is a fix. There is no reason to fix Kibar Ruiz and Patrick Corbin, and have them be the guys that are creating beautiful music. Because when looking at Kiber Ruiz, he's the focal point over Patrick Corbin, as I brought up. He is more part of the future than Patrick Corbin. It's as simple as that. He gets the priority when making decisions like this. But when looking at it from a perspective of just wanting to win games and wanting to be better, then Riley Adams should be behind the plate for every single Patrick Corbin start. And honestly, I still can't say why. But that's just what the numbers say. It's night and day 
it's not even close as to what these numbers are. Because if you're telling me that we could get a full season, a 4-2 ERA from Patrick Corbin, which is still not good by any stretch of the imagination, but if you're telling me that we can do that, then why not? That makes no sense to me as to why we wouldn't do this, as to why it wouldn't make any sense. Because it makes all the sense in the world to me at this point. Obviously, he has had way more success with Riley Adams. This is something that should be carried on for the rest of time with Patrick Corbin. You have to make it easy on him, just like we talk about making it easy on the defense and the offense and doing the simple things. Davey Martinez has to play these matchups if you want to get what you want out of someone like Patrick Corbin. Because here's the thing. I don't want to can Patrick Corbin. I honestly don't. I would like to see Patrick Corbin somewhat bounce back and somewhat be a decent starting pitcher in the bigs. And that is a stretch. I understand that. But right now, who else are you going to go to? A left-handed guy coming out of the minor leagues. We don't really have those kind of guys right now. You have someone like Jake Bennett, who's been pitching damn well so far down in low A, but he's in low A. He's still about a year or two at least away from the major leagues. So what can the Nationals do? Well, you stick with Riley Adams because I'm willing to bet when you go out there today, if you're going to be out there at the ballpark, wherever you are watching, you will see a much better Patrick Corbin. And that's because he has been better with Riley Adams behind the plate. And again, inexplicably so. We understand that. It makes no sense. We want to see Kibert Ruiz out there. I've been screaming from the rooftop that I want to see Kibert Ruiz every five games, every single game out there. But at the end of the day, you have to play towards the matchups and to the strength of your pitcher because they're not tanking. There's no reason to tank this year. You're going to want to win games. You're going to want to show for potential free agents that, hey, we have our thing right now. Even with this lackluster of talent, the no superstars on our team, we still have guys who can be here and who can help us compete. Because that is a point in free agency. You don't see the Pittsburgh Pirates selling. You don't see the Pittsburgh Pirates buying in free agency. And why is that? Because they've been bad for years and years and years. No one wants to go to a losing team. They want to see the promise now. Now, with these young guys that we do have that could be part of that core for the 2025 postseason run. You just never know. And so as of right now, stick with Patrick Corbin with Riley Adams behind the dish and see what they can do because that has been the better duo than with Kibert Ruiz behind the plate. Now for the other four pitchers, stick with Kibert Ruiz. That's my guy. So next, let's take a look at some guys who, in in particular, there are two guys right now who have kind of been struggling down in the farm. And one big name that the Nationals traded for last year has been on a really tough start so far to his 2023 campaign. I'm going to tell you guys about that. But before we do that, I have to tell you guys about our friends over on Game Time. And here's the thing with Game Time. Have you guys ever gone to a game not really feeling that confident in your seats if you're using all these different sites? Well, let me tell you guys about 
game time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful and game time is fast and easy to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater or wherever you need tickets for game time has you covered and here's my thing i was just at the wizards game a few weeks ago i got there at like 6 45 before tip and i had to buy tickets i looked up game time i got the cheap seats there and i even got to see my view so i had a perfect view of that game so Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, always guaranteed. And as I said, there were some concerning numbers when it came to looking at some of the Nationals' top prospects in return for that Juan Soto trade, which, by the way, Juan Soto has still been struggling. So don't panic just yet. This is just me doing what I have to do and talking about a prospect who is a very high one, struggling just a little bit down in low A, and that is Robert Hassel III. And here's my gist for it. He had a hand injury back at the Arizona Fall League, and it seemed like he tweaked it again down in spring training, but I don't think it was because of the injury that he had. But so far in 2023, it has not been a good run for Robert Hassel, as right now in low A Fredericksburg, and let me point this out before we get into it. Robert Hassel was in double A last year. He is now two levels below what he was just last year. And yes, this is still a rehab assignment, you could say, but it's a 12-game rehab assignment. This is only 12 games. I understand that. But at the end of the day, when you have a very high prospect, the way that Robert Hassel is considered, someone who is considered a high-floor prospect, someone who's kind of a guaranteed thing, in my opinion, it has been a very big struggle so far for Robert Hassel, as right now, through 12 games, he's batting 182 with a 640 OPS. Now, I'm not going to sound the alarms just yet, but at the end of the day, through 44 at-bats, I would expect Robert Hassel to be in that 290 to 300 range, especially down in low A. And yes, he's still recovering, but he's 100%. You're not going to throw someone out there when they're only 21 years old and say, good luck, kid. He's still recovering. I understand that. But he's 100%, and we need to see something out of the kid, especially from low A Fredericksburg. This is a pretty damn low level. And so for someone his age, again, at 21 years old, I kind of expect to see a little bit more out of him. And it's enough to be a little concerned with the production that he has put forward so far. What could it be? The power isn't there. And honestly, the power hasn't really been there since he got traded from San Diego back to Washington, D.C. And I can tell you that because in 10 games with Wilmington and High A last year, he had a 211 batting average, a 548 OPS. And then he got moved up to Double A Harrisburg and had a 222 batting average, a 607 OPS through 27 games and 108 at bats. Robert Hassel has kind of fallen off so far since being traded from San Diego to Washington, D.C. 
Now, if you ask me today, how concerned are you down the line? How much does this concern you? Not all too much, but it is noteworthy, and it is something to keep an eye on. As someone like Robert Hassel, who at one point was a top 30 prospect and still is, it should be something to where you're looking at and you're like, when is he going to turn a corner here? Because in the Arizona Fall League, when he had that injury, the hand injury, it was kind of like, okay, no big deal. He's going to be ready for spring training. He's going to be ready for the season, which he was. He had a little bit of a setback, had another injury. And then now you're starting to see the struggles at the plate rise again for him. So what does this mean? What does this mean for the Nationals? Do they stick him in low way until he figures it out? Because this is a level that is really low for him as a 21-year-old, someone who was in double-A just last year. I wouldn't rush it up to this point. Again, the Nationals are in no rush to develop these guys. If you don't feel as if they're ready to take that next jump, then don't have them take that next jump. This isn't a leap of faith. This isn't the Nationals back in 2018 when you're running up Victor Robles and all these other prospects. We don't need that right now. You don't need to run these guys up the flagpole. Because that's what the Padres did with C.J. Abrams. And now he's kind of stuck in the in the major leagues. And at some points he has struggled a lot. But I still like C.J. Abrams. But if he was a Washington Nationals first-round draft pick, and if he was developed inside the Nationals organization, then this guy would still probably be in AAA. He still probably wouldn't have been called up to the majors just yet. Just considering the fact he missed the 2020 season and now in the minor leagues because of that COVID pandemic. Getting started a little late. That stuff is going to happen. But now with Robert Hassel, someone who also got held back just a little bit because of that pandemic, just like a lot of us did. But at the end of the day, you want to see these production. You want to see what the kid can do. Because Robert Hassel is someone who is very talented, and especially for someone who has a 60-grade hit tool, according to MLB Pipeline, it's concerning to see his batting average in the 100s and being as low as they have been from last year dating to this year. So it's noteworthy to really just look at this and say, when will this start to turn around? When will we start to see the old Robert Hassel, the one that we traded for, the one that we thought could be in the major leagues by this August, as some would even say. But at this point, it's looking like he's going to be down in the minor leagues through the duration of the 2023 season. And I don't even think he's going to be starting in the 2024 season up in the major leagues. We're probably looking at mid-July of 2024 is when Robert Hassel will get that call up unless we start to see some major swing at the plate, meaning a higher batting average because that is what he is supposed to do, more extra base hits, and just overall a better product put forward. Because it is a concern at this point to me. It is. Especially being in low A Fredericksburg with the Freddies. He's supposed to be there. He's supposed to be a solid contribution to this organization. So to see his numbers this low and kind of dwindle off when he got traded from San Diego to Washington, it is a cause of concern for me, as it probably should be for a lot more people. But not everyone 
gets concerned the way that I do. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. We're going to talk about this game two of the series as we've got Chad Cool versus Vince Velasquez on the hill for game two. But before we get into that, I got to tell you guys about my friends from Ultimate Baseball GM. And as we were saying, Pro Baseball GM is the coolest game I've played in a long time. And I've always thought I could be a great major league GM. As it turns out, it's not all that easy. So as I've been playing this game, I just want to get inside the head of Mike Rizzo and what he does. So that's why I play Ultimate Baseball GM. And here's my love and passion for it. I get to hire whoever I want and whenever I want. I get to simulate these games to try to put the best product out there. And honestly, Mike Rizzo, I could be coming for your job at some points, but I will admit I've been fired five different times up to this point. But you get to hire all the right coaching staffs, all the the batters, all these different budgets that Mike Rizzo gets to do. It's so much fun. Locked On Nationals listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Game two of the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Washington Nationals doubleheader as we have Chad Cool versus Vince Velasquez. And here's the thing. Really, this Pirates team has been red hot up to this point so far in 2023. And it's kind of come as a surprise as Andrew McCutcheon has come back to Pittsburgh. And obviously, he's had a big deal. He's been a big deal in that clubhouse. And looking at what they just did, they just extended their superstar outfielder Reynolds and what he could do. He was traded for Andrew McCutcheon to the Pirates back in 2018 when McCutcheon got shipped to the San Fran Giants. And now they're here together. Andrew McCutcheon has been eh, okay, but it's been that locker room presence. The kind of Ryan Zimmerman effect, as you could say. Ryan Zimmerman had that effect in this clubhouse, and now you're starting to see it with the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're starting to get back to their glory days of the mid-early 2010s when he had prospects like a Garrett Cole coming up. They had multiple pitching prospects. Josh Harrison, another former national. Mark Melanson, a closer, a very good one, in fact. So you're starting to see them turn out these prospects after a wildly long rebuild of about six to seven to eight even years. And it's been a long one for the Pittsburgh Pirates. But you're starting to see them turn out, and this is a very good ball club with some really good pitchers up to this point. And Velasquez has kind of been up and down. But still, this Nationals team at home, that's when they do like to hit. We haven't really seen it so far in 2023, but their batting averages are way higher at home. And so I expect the Nationals to have a tough time dealing with both of these staffs as the Pirates are a pretty good team right now. And honestly, they're probably one of the hotter teams in baseball up to this point in 2023. And they have been by far and away the biggest surprise, in my opinion. You could talk about the Rays and how they've been just wildly entertaining and good. They've only lost five games up to this point in 2023. It's unbelievable what they have done. Also, never forget, the Nationals had a lead against them in the fifth inning, or in the ninth inning, rather, in their fifth game of the year. That's what I meant to say. Never forget that. 
But with that being said, the Pirates are a good team. This is not going to be an easy series for the Nationals to win. Game one, you're going to have Patrick Corbin. Game two, you have Chad Cool. And on Sunday, you have Josiah Gray. Ditto. That's probably going to be the game that we win. And that's probably the only game that we really have a shot in over this three-game series over these next two days on Saturday and Sunday. But with that being said, thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And guys, on Monday's show, we'll have a national stock report as there have been some streaky hitters so far for the Washington Nationals. And Kiber Ruiz, I have my eyes set on you, my friend. C.J. Abrams as well has been a very solid piece to that future. So we're going to talk about that. I'll give you my stock report on Monday. And again, if you haven't tuned in, thank you for making us your first listen every day. Check out us on YouTube as that will always be the first option, especially through these audio issues that I have had this week. We've gotten that fixed. But again, subscribe. Locked on Nationals over on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at RyanClary11. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals for the best and most up-to-date Washington Nationals news. We love you guys, and thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you on Monday.